0: When someone treats you badly, what should you do? Should you roll over and take it? Should you fight back with all your might? In my other podcast, Love and Abuse, my goal is to help you respond to toxic words and behaviors in the healthiest way possible. That way, you have the best chance at improving the relationship and getting out of the toxicity. If you're looking for a way to deal with the difficult people in your life, head over to loveandabuse.com. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello, this is Paul Coliani, and I want to help you increase your emotional intelligence, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and give you the tools to show up as your authentic self. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. I've got a couple messages on parents. One of them is actually on grandparents. And um, I think this would be a good episode for parents slash grandparents, not necessarily for your parents, (laughs) for you regarding your parents though, if you have any challenges with your parents, if you have any um, toxic ties that may need either untying or like I mentioned during what's called the pre-roll when I talked about love and abuse, uh, the ability to respond to toxic communication and behavior in the healthiest way possible so I'm just gonna read you a couple messages today and we'll see where we go with them if you're having any challenge with a parent or two or even further down the line into your grandparents anything like that but this is really about you so how you show up in the world and especially in the world of family it can determine how they show up in your life some people it doesn't matter what you do you can't change them and i mean that's not what my goal is for you to change them but no matter what you do they won't change they won't heal they won't care that they're they're hurting you or that they're toxic they won't believe you they won't believe that they're toxic or hurting you so there's this is something that you have to accept right off the bat that there are some people that will not change And when you accept that about people, you can stop suffering in a a way. (laughs) Not always, but in a way you can stop suffering. Because part of suffering sometimes includes staying hopeful. Hope is a good thing when you are hoping for something good to happen. But if it's keeping you in a space of suffering where you believe that they can change, and you keep waiting for them to change, and you keep waiting for them to treat you nicer, more kindly, more more respectfully if you're in that constant waiting state, that can be suffering. And um, you just continue to hope that they do it over and over again. You show up to their home day after day and hope that they treat you kinder this time. and when you're looking for something that isn't there, that is suffering, or at least a part of it. So you, you have to allow the option or the possibility that someone is unchangeable. They, they can't see what they're doing. They can't see it as bad or toxic, and they will stay that way forever. That might be unfair. Like, it sounds like I'm taking away the option of them changing. Um, I believe it's easier to take that option away. I mean from you not from them you take the option of choosing to accept that they can change and choose to accept instead that they cannot I hope that came out right but you know what I mean if you tell yourself this person will never ever change therefore I will stop trying to make them change I will stop trying to convince them that what they're doing is hurtful or toxic I will stop everything in an effort to control or change them because doing so is only a drain and a strain on me so this is helpful to let that go I mean I've had to accept that certain people in my family will never change doesn't mean they won't it just means it frees me from expecting it so that is about freeing yourself from false hope and expectations I'm not saying you can't hope. I'm not saying that you can't wish and pray and just wait for it to happen someday. But don't rely on it and don't have your expectations up because when it doesn't happen, the only person you end up disappointing is yourself. It always comes back to you. This is what I expect. It didn't happen. Now I'm disappointed. Next day, this is what I expect. It didn't happen. Uh, I'm disappointed. Or even if you don't expect it, this is what I hope. It didn't happen. Now I'm disappointed. So we'll start with that thought, that premise. Don't expect and don't hope people that haven't changed yet to change. Just free it from your mind to free yourself. Give yourself a break. Now, let's get into the first message I received and um, see where we go with it. This person wrote, Hey Paul, I love your podcast. I need your advice on dealing with anger. My brother and his wife, both in their 30s, live with my parents but don't contribute. All the financial and household burden falls on my aging parents. My recent visit showed me how selfish, entitled, disrespectful, and manipulative they are. There were fights, a lot went down, and even after all that, they won't move out or let my parents move out because they use emotional blackmail. They're just leeching off of them and I haven't been able to get my parents or I have been able to get my parents to set some boundaries. The problem is that ever since I uh, visited them, I have been very angry at my brother. Uh, We're currently in no contact, so we have no contact whatsoever, and it doesn't seem to subside. been more than a few months. It's justified, but it doesn't help me as I ruminate and create scenarios in my head where I berate him. It's not healthy for me, and I need to heal and reach a point where I feel neither love nor anger toward him. How do I get there? How do I stop ruminating and creating these scenarios in my head? Thank you. All right, thanks for sharing. That's a great message to start off with. Let's dive into that. I think the first place I go with this Uh, and this might be a quick answer actually the first place I go with this is why are you angry with your brother and his wife I know why you are but I'm, I'm really asking you to dive a little bit deeper into this why are you angry at them when your parents are allowing them to stay I know what you're thinking they're elderly they're being taken advantage of like you said, emotional blackmail, and um, they don't really have boundaries. Why are you angry with your brother and his wife for taking advantage of your parents, which it sounds like what that's what they're doing, when your parents are allowing them to stay? That might sound like an unfair question, but you know and I know what's happening here. You know they're taking advantage of them. I know they're taking advantage of them from what you said. So that's an interesting question that I pose you because I'm going to go in the direction that your energy is toward the wrong person. And I'm not saying that you should now be best friends with your brother and all is well. And I'm not saying that you should actually be angry at your parents either and all is well. I'm not saying that at all. I'm asking you, this so that you can understand that sometimes anger is directed at people that are simply taking advantage of a situation that may not um, necessarily deserve your time and attention and focus. So let me explain this a little bit. Let's just say, or let me give you a comparison. There are times when a married couple, one of them is an alcoholic, And the other one is doing everything they can. Oh, I'll just tell you my own story. My mom. (laughs) My mom was married to an alcoholic for 40 plus years. And so every time my alcoholic stepfather did something awful, uh, smashed a window, uh, hit her, um, yelled and screamed and kicked holes in the walls. I mean, smashed glasses, threw eggs, I could probably list a thousand things that he's done over the years. But um the major stuff after the major stuff happened we would tell my mom, "Why don't you move out?" And we could all be angry at my stepfather and some of my siblings' father. We could all be angry at him and say he's the jerk. He's the one causing all these problems, which he was. I I don't disagree. Or we could focus our time and energy and attention on the person who we've offered a place to stay, we've offered to help financially, we've offered to get her out of this dangerous situation, yet she still says no. I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm not saying that it's her fault. I'm not saying that you should be angry at your parents. And I'm not saying I was angry at my mom. I'm saying that my energy and attention and focus was more about my mom kicking out the bad element or getting away from the toxic bad element and um, because she didn't she was choosing to stay in a situation that absolutely was dangerous and she probably felt very scared I know she did she felt very scared about leaving him because she didn't know what he would do and um, she didn't pursue any paths any exit or uh, exit strategies. She did not pursue a way out. She wanted it, but she never pursued it. So should we be continually angry and focus on the person that was always hurting her, or at least putting her in a dangerous situation, or should we focus on her, or should we step back and say, and this is sort of where I'm going, I am here if you need me. Whenever you need me, whenever you're ready, I'm here for you. I could continue to waste and drain my own energy focused on, quote, the bad guy. Actually, unquote that. <laughs> he is the bad guy. He was the bad guy in that relationship. I could focus all of my energy on the bad guy. I could focus all my energy on her and, and ask her, why don't you leave? Why don't you leave this awful, awful person? I'm giving you... The resources you need to leave. I'm helping you out the door. I will be there to protect you. I can give you anything you need. I mean, within reason. I could probably do that right now. I could probably help her in any way possible. She's not with him now. That doesn't apply today, but back then. I could probably help her in any way possible, even if it meant sacrificing some of my own happiness and resources just to get her away from this person. I could do that too. But how often have I and other siblings, my other siblings, said, Hey, Mom, you should get out of that situation. Let me help you. How often did that happen? You need to leave that situation, Mom. You need to leave it right now because he's dangerous. It happened over and over again. And so a lot of our energy, it wasn't wasted, but it was spent doing things that uh, would never have panned out the way we wanted and even though she said she wanted to leave she never did so it really comes down to her you can build a bridge in front of somebody but they have to walk over it you can open the door they have to walk through it you can give them a boat they have to get on it to get off the island you can do all these things but they still have to take that step so this is part of what I'm um, going to tell you right now is that your parents have a choice and they are making that choice even though yes they're probably elderly yes they probably don't have good boundaries but if they've already made the choice it's still their choice now if they're um, mentally incapable of making the choice that's different Then you may have to step in with the state or some authority. I don't know how that works, you know, power of attorney. But they sound like they, you know, even though they're older, they are probably still capable. I mean, you didn't tell me they weren't, so I'm going to assume they're still capable of making decisions. Because they're choosing to make the decisions that you don't like, that's why I'm asking you why you're angry with your brother. I'm not saying I wouldn't be angry. <laughs> if my brother did this, I would probably go in there and say, look, you're taking advantage of mom and dad. What the hell? Uh, you need to help them out. These are your parents. That's me. I'm not telling you to do that. But that's what I would say. And if he said, oh, they don't mind, they don't care, whatever he said, and I talked to my mom and dad and, you know, if they were together and said, you know, mom. He's clearly taking advantage of you here, and uh, you're not saying anything. What do you need me to do? You want me to do anything? I'll do it. And maybe they would say, kick him out. (laughs) And that might not work. Maybe I would do that, and it would cause a big ruckus or a fight, or maybe the cops would be involved. So it would be kind of scary. But if that's what they wanted, then I would ask them, okay, I need your full cooperation here because I need you on my side just like I'm on your side. Again, I'm not telling you to go in this direction. I'm saying, or I'm, I'm helping you focus on where your energy needs to be. So if your energy is all on your brother and his wife and how they're taking advantage of your parents and nothing is happening, then it's a total waste of energy because nothing is going to happen from it. You can wait and wait and hope and pray and Maybe you just have to accept that it's never going to change. That is who your brother is. Let's just say that. I don't know if it is, but this might give you some calmness. That's who your brother is. That's who he is, and that's who he'll always be. If he changes, that's wonderful. He'll surprise you one day, and then things will be great. But this is who he is. There's nothing you can do about it. Leave it be. That is who he is. This could help you back off the idea that you could do anything to change him. Because when you continue to focus on someone that will never, ever change and isn't capable of change, you have to accept that too. (laughs) You have to accept that he isn't capable of changing. But Paul, he is. I've seen him change before. But he's not now. It's over for him. It's over. He can't change. If that's untrue, then it'll be a nice surprise later. But accept that he won't change and he can't. Okay, now we've accepted that. So there's no point in hoping, praying, wishing, and waiting for him to change. So now we can pull back all that energy we had going toward him. Now, where do we put that? Let's go back to your parents. Okay, my parents, they don't have the boundaries. They're not making the decision. They're not standing up for themselves or whatever. Am I going to focus all my energy on them? Mom, Dad, why don't you do this? And every day I go over, Mom, Dad, why don't you do this? He's taking advantage of you. Well, what are they doing? Are they choosing to honor themselves and kick him out or whatever they feel they need to do? Or are they making the decision not to? If you think they're not capable, well, then we can look at it that way. They're not capable of making a decision, so it's not going to happen. That may be true. Maybe they'll never make the decision to kick them out, so it'll never happen. So this brings us back to ourselves. I'm still focused on my parents wanting to stand up for themselves and make the decision, but if I choose to accept that they will never make that decision, that means that I trust them enough to make a decision on their own, first of all, and I don't have to waste my time Waiting, hoping, wishing, and praying for them to make a decision that is the right one to make for them and for everyone involved. Because, yes, it looks like your parents are enabling their son, your brother, and his wife to stay somewhere for free. And that is a choice that they've made. That doesn't sound right. But what are you going to do? Go in there and forcefully pull your brother out? And then it puts your parents in an awkward position because they're not ready to make the stand that you're making or take the stand. And when you do that and you finally separate, now there's a huge conflict. And if your parents aren't on the same side as you, even though mentally they want to be, but the rest of them, uh, they're not there yet. You may be there now. You may be ready to walk in and say, you're coming with me. But if your parents aren't, then it's not going to work out. So all this energy that you have towards your brother, we pull it back. All this energy that you put towards your parents, come on, stand up for yourself. They won't and they, they aren't doing it now and they are making a conscious choice even though they might be a little older, but hey, give them some credit. They're making a choice. It, and it sucks. I know. I'm, I'm with you. I see this exactly as you do. I would be angry too but now we're gonna pull our energy back this is where I would go with it I can't change my brother I can't change my parents what can I change I can't change anything about this situation and I don't have to like my brother anymore I can just see him for who he is and that's who he is and I don't want that person with those kind of values that are uh, maybe mistreating my parents in my life so I'm gonna stay no contact Maybe that'll change one day, but right now it's not changing. And I'm going to, in a way, honor my parents' decision to keep them there. Even though it's enabling, just like I had to honor my mom, her decision to stay in a dangerous relationship when the entire family knew it was wrong. It was wrong to us. It looked wrong. It felt wrong. We knew it was wrong and she knew it was wrong. She knew she had to get out, but she didn't. So sometimes we had to honor choices we don't agree with. This is unfortunately a part of life sometimes is that we have to honor people's choices that we don't agree with. And so we pull that energy back and now we have more for ourselves. We have more of this, the time and attention and all the focus that we were putting on other people. We bring it back to ourselves and now we can put it toward our own family. We can transform it into positive energy. We can do something great or something else but this is the point where you tell the person that you don't necessarily agree with in the enabling part your parents you don't agree with them enabling this your brother and you tell them i'm here when you're ready that's what i do mom i'm here when you're ready if you call me at 3 a.m i'm putting on my shoes jumping in my car and driving over to help you with whatever you need i'm there And now what this does is you've let them know that you are there and that energy is now used in a uh, helpful healthy productive way I will come and get you I will do anything it takes Uh, in your case you would say I'll be right there and I will help them move out (laughs) whatever it is for you so that's where I go with your message and it may not have been something you expected But that's what I'm talking about today. When we expect things, we have to change our expectations sometimes because the expectations can bring about anger and lots of wasted energy toward people that you can't change and will never change. So my words today, you may not have expected. Probably weren't angry with me though, (laughs) at least in the beginning. Maybe you are now because this takes away the ability to change the situation. Yes, that is, that is the case. You have to take away your own thoughts that you can change this situation. That involves trusting that it will work out the way it needs to work out because you know we can look at it as this too. Do we enable other people to be who they are if we're stepping in to solve their problems? I'm not saying you're doing this. I'm just saying this in general. Sometimes we can do that. Sometimes we can step in and enable behaviors we don't like of others. And when we do that, the situation never changes and we continue to be angry about it. So if you want to stop ruminating and creating these scenarios in your head, I can't stop that. I mean, sometimes you're going to create scenarios in your head. I actually think that's kind of therapeutic sometimes. I'm going to make a picture of this person in my head and I'm going to punch him in the face all in my mind's eye and that'll make me feel better. It might. It would make me feel better. (laughs) But sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you have to vent your frustrations in ways that um, aren't in real life. And you don't want to do that necessarily in real life. You don't want to hurt someone in real life. So you bring it back into yourself. And this may help you do that. This may help you stop ruminating and being angry towards someone that will never change because it just drains you. It just takes it out of you. And If you're spending all your time thinking about it and wishing things would change, that's just no way to live. There's so many other things to think about, to put your energy toward, and so much more to life than worrying about what other people are deciding to do in their life hope this helps i'm going to come back i'm going to read you another message and we'll see where we go with it right after this One of my favorite sponsors is on the show today, BetterHelp. If you go to betterhelp.com forward slash brain, you're going to find customized online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat sessions with a therapist. So you don't have to see anyone in camera if you don't want to. I don't know about you, but I used to grind my teeth a lot. In fact, my girlfriend still does it. I hear her grinding her teeth. And um, I know when I was doing it, I was stressed, um, I had trouble sleeping, and there were just other factors involved. And um, when I started, I think it was when I was depressed, when I started healing from my depression through therapy, it was night and day. I was suddenly feeling better, I was suddenly sleeping better, and my dentist was very grateful (laughs) that they didn't have to work on my teeth as much because... I was flattening them it's just awful some of the physical ailments that can come from stress and anxiety and other things that we're dealing with a little too much in the world and regardless of what you're going through better help offers a fantastic alternative to in-person therapy like I said you can do it online through phone or video and when you set it up you'll get assigned a therapist and you can also choose the right therapist for you and you can even do this midway through when you're working with a therapist and you realize you know I need somebody else that is going to work with exactly what I'm going through you can choose another one and uh, you'll be assigned one and these are fully qualified licensed professional therapists that will help you with almost anything you're going through are you having trouble sleeping are you overeating are you undereating are you grieving are you having relationship issues BetterHelp is there. And because this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, the overwhelmed brain listeners get 10% off their first month if you go to betterhelp.com forward slash brain. And that's two words better, B E T T E R, help, H E L P, dot com forward slash brain. It's much more affordable than in person therapy. So give it a try and see if online therapy can help you lower your stress. If you're looking for something like this, get the help you need today. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash brain. That's h-elp.com forward slash brain. Welcome back. I'm going to go right into this next email and uh, just read you uh, parts of it because it's a little bit long. So I'm just going to condense it right now. This person wrote, they had some uh, major issues with their grandparents. I think it was the grandmother that was emotionally abusive, um using religion and bullying and guilt-tripping against the person and said other things to this person when they were very young. And she even used to spy on her own children, which is this person's parents and her sister, and she also made me believe the rest of the family actually didn't like me, so she was probably doing, um, making her feel isolated, alone. And obviously there was a lot of abuse there. And this person wrote, I think it's a woman that wrote to me, she said that she was also sexually abused as well. Then she said, now that I'm away from my parents, my grandparents, and I'm having to go through the trauma work from the abuse, she says, I'm debating telling my parents about the years of emotional abuse and the sexual abuse, but I know that either my dad won't believe me or it'll cause a lot of drama. I already told them that I was going no contact with my grandparents, and my father took that personally. I don't even know if he knows he's allowing them to control him. My mother is also emotionally abusive, and her constant mood swings make it hard to talk to her. She had a hard childhood, so I can empathize, but I'm tired of walking on eggshells when I'm around her. My father is narcissistic or has no access to empathy or chooses not to. I'm not sure. He chalks up my emotional outbursts or anger issues as if I'm a teenager even though I'm I'm a woman. This makes it hard to want to talk to him because all I know is his anger. Otherwise, he's a stranger. Because I did such a great job at hiding my problems, or maybe they just don't want to see them, telling them anything about my mental health and how far it goes back would probably be shocking. I just don't know if it's the right thing to do or if I should just bear through it like I always have. As it is now, I barely speak to my father, and I keep my mother at arm's length. I'm tired of hiding behind a brick wall when I'm around them, but if I speak my mind, I'm the bad guy. I don't think I can forgive my grandparents for all the things they've done, but I also don't think my parents know uh, about any of it. I'm just looking for some guidance. Anything helps. Thank you. Okay, thanks for sharing that. And um, where I go with this is... I think, first of all, you have to take a lot of the emotional response out of it. I'm all about emotions. (laughs) I'm all about emotional intelligence. I'm all about listening to your emotions and following them. Uh, In this case, it's no different. However, I'm going to ask you to be less emotionally connected to what you share with these people, these specific people your parents, uh, maybe if you talk to your grandparents anymore, I don't know. But when you said, I don't even know if I should tell my dad, and then you said he's probably narcissistic and has no empathy, if that's the case, then, like I said before and many episodes before, don't expect him to change. And if that isn't going to change about him, then telling him in hopes to receive some sort of empathetic response would be a waste of time that doesn't mean you shouldn't tell him doesn't mean you should but it definitely doesn't mean you shouldn't tell him and the reason I'm saying this is because let's just say that um, it came up that you were no contact with your grandmother or grandparents and uh, he had something to say about it you you told him that and now he wants to know why because he you said he was offended so at least he has some emotional connection there but that could be because it's on his family and he takes offense to that because it's it's personal to him. What I want to say about that is, let's just say that you shared it with him and he does either be dramatic or go crazy. I actually would emphasize a stoic response from you. That's kind of my answer to you. I emphasize or I would encourage you to have a stoic response Response And what that means, at least in the way I'm talking about it here, is that when you bring it up, if you choose to, but when you bring it up, I want you to treat it as a matter of fact. This might be hard because you're so emotionally connected to certain people in your life and relatives and family and all this other thing. But if you can say, the reason I went no contact was XYZ, and if your dad gets all dramatic or says, What? That's crazy. You never said this before. What are you talking about? Or whatever he says. My suggestion is to be very stoic. Well, dad, that's how, that's how it is. And that's what happened. So I had to do this to keep myself protected, to protect myself from their toxic behavior. And if he says, This is ridiculous. You're just lying or you just want attention stay stoic (laughs) and again this is difficult I know it's easier said than done but my recommendation is to keep your composure keep calm and treat it as a matter of fact well you may not believe it or not and yes I could have said something earlier but I'm saying it now that's what happened and that's why I'm going no-contact and that's just the way it is if they want to explore that further, if they try to egg you on, if your dad tries to you know, push you further and wants you to have an emotional outburst of some sort, don't fall for it. If he really is narcissistic or at minimum uh, emotionally abusive, then what they do is feed off of your emotional response, especially dramatic people. Dramatic people love feeding off of your emotional response. So my recommendation is to avoid an emotional response. And you might just have to practice that. Uh, But really what it comes down to in the way I look at it is you have to be so confident and so sure of yourself that you know you're doing the right thing for you and for everyone else as far as I'm concerned. But you're doing the right thing and because you're doing the right thing, It doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter if he flips out. It doesn't matter if he doesn't believe you. It doesn't matter. You just say, that's how it is. And if he doesn't believe you, I don't care if you don't believe me. It doesn't matter. I know the truth. Period. End of story. I know the truth. So you can believe whatever you want to believe. You can tell me I'm a liar. That's your prerogative. You can do anything you want. I know the truth, and this is why I did it. And if they start screaming again, you just say, look, you wanted an explanation. I gave you the explanation. That's how it is. And if that turns into some big, crazy, emotional outburst from him or anyone else, keep your cool. Hey, I'm sorry if you feel that way, but that's how it is. That's what happened. Dad, I know you don't believe me, but this is what happened. I'll give you the details would you like the details I like to treat things like that where somebody's so overly dramatic or somebody is taking it personally when it has nothing really to do with them I mean it does but it doesn't because it happened to you and I would hope that a parent a father would look at their child and say oh my god I I can't believe that happened to you why didn't you tell me sooner I'm so sorry I would have stepped in. I would have stopped this. I can't believe that happened to you. I feel so bad that I didn't do anything about it that I couldn't be there for you. I would think that would be the healthiest parent response that you could get. From what you're describing here, that doesn't sound like it's going to happen at all. And Because you're not going to get that kind of response, I don't want you to expect it. That's why I encourage a stoic approach for you. If you approach this stoically, hey, I just want to tell you something, I am not in touch with them anymore. I have gone no contact, if they even know what that term means, probably not. I've stopped communicating with uh, my grandparents, your mom and dad, because I now have to heal from some old trauma. I have to now heal from some old abuse, including sexual abuse if you want to tell them that. I mean you don't have to tell them anything but if you're gonna go this route this is how I would encourage you to talk about it. Stay stoic. That's your mantra. I'm gonna stay stoic. I'm gonna stay stoic. And that doesn't mean you can't be emotional. Like just the way I expressed right now I can still have emotion inside of me but my emotions coming from a very confident place inside of me that I feel good about. That doesn't mean I feel good about the trauma I went through, but I feel good about expressing something that I know is true. It's a very congruent feeling, a very self-confident feeling like I know I'm worthy. I know I'm telling the truth regardless of what anybody believes. I know I'm doing the right thing regardless of what anybody says, and I feel good that I'm taking these steps for me so you can support me or not doesn't matter because i am supporting me i would love your support you can certainly say this i would love your support but it's not necessary for me to do the right thing for myself for me to do the healthiest thing for myself i would love for you to look at me as your child and say wow i'm so sorry you went through that but if you choose to want to be in this other position where you just refuse to believe it, then that's your prerogative. But I know I'm doing the right thing for me. I don't know if that's what you wanted to hear or not, but this is exactly how I would do it. If I were dealing with somebody like this, well, let me put it this way. If I were dealing with somebody like this and I chose to tell them, that's how I would do it. If I chose not to tell them, then obviously it doesn't matter. You could just not tell them, not say a word, Keep all the drama at bay because you're not going to talk to them. Great, that's fine. You can go no no contact or just choose to be very limited in your contact. But it sounds like you're asking me if I should tell them or not and how to approach them if you do. I think if you want any type of relationship at all, uh, A, you have to realize that they're probably not going to show up as the parents you want, so you have to remember... This is why you show up for yourself when other people can't show up for you. doesn't mean it has to be like this forever, but sometimes a parent isn't the parent you want them to be. So a lot of self-parenting has to take place. If I don't have um, the mom or the dad that I want, I'm going to treat myself as if I were my own child. If that sounds a little strange, it's not. (laughs) it's psychologically sound I know it is because I've done it hey Paul what do you need and I'll ask myself hey Paul what do you need I'm really proud of you that's what I tell myself I'm really proud of you look at at what you've accomplished you've done so much yeah I don't think I've done that much are you kidding me look at what you've done look what you've accomplished and then if I have any argument I'll just talk myself out of it I'm my own best mom and dad That's all I mean by self-parenting. And you don't have to do that if you don't need it. But sometimes we don't have the parents that we want and we need to create those parents out of thin air so that we can maybe fulfill something that is missing in us, like if there's a void or a gap. Um, And that's a a huge concept. I don't mean to simplify it and just gloss over it. That's a huge concept and requires a lot, maybe one-on-one therapy or coaching or whatever. Uh, But it, it is a concept that I like to use in my own life, just in case I ever feel like there's something missing in my life and I need to talk to myself about it, or there was something missing in my childhood, like, you know, you said you went through this abuse, uh, sexual abuse, like one of the biggest, probably the biggest violation to a child that any child could ever go through. And so, wow. Wow. That's very tough because if you have not received the parental love and guidance and support that every child should receive, especially after something like that, that is a lot to work through. It's a lot to heal through. I'm so sorry you went through that. If I were your father, that's what I would say. I might be crying by now. I'd feel so awful. I would be angry. I mean, I think the first thing I would do is hit my fist to my hand and say, who the hell was it? I would want to know because I would be pretty pissed. I would be angry and I would want to do something about it. That's how I would want to feel. That's how I would want my father to speak to me after I told him something like that. For from what you told me, don't expect it. Don't. I mean, it'll be nice if it happens, but you already told me how it's been. So don't expect anything more than what you've already seen. So that's my suggestion. Just approach this stoically if you choose to tell. And um, if I were in your shoes, I would debate if it's worth saying anything at all. Yes, it might cause drama, but at the same time, it's an opportunity to show up as this confident person saying, you know what, everything you've done doesn't matter anymore. Everything that you've denied me or neglected me, all the love you could have shown me, it doesn't matter because I'm good now whatever you are trying to do to make me feel a certain way or make me feel inferior or unloved that's all in the past now I'm good now so you can't hurt me anymore that's where I go with that it's like the parent that wanted to make you feel inferior or unloved or neglected you can't hurt me anymore you can try all you want you know in your mind you're thinking I hope you don't but I'm done. I'm done with uh, this feeling of being a victim to your uh, punishment. I don't need to be punished by you anymore. And I'm not saying you say this, but in your own mind, you have this thought going on that you don't deserve this, and it's not your reality anymore. It might be their reality forever, but your reality is different now. Your reality isn't feeling like a victim to their punishing or whatever they, they think they're doing. Like you said, you said you're tired of hiding behind a brick wall, and maybe because of that you should tell them. If you don't want to hide behind a brick wall, then break it down and say, this is what happened. If you don't believe me, it doesn't matter. This is what happened. I mean, I wouldn't start it off with if you don't believe me, but if they don't believe you, if your dad doesn't believe you, it doesn't matter. Dad, it doesn't matter if you don't believe me. I'm okay with that. I know the truth. I know what happened. I would hope that you'd believe your own child. But if you don't want to, that's your prerogative. I know what happened and this is what I'm doing. So that might be your way out from behind the brick wall. And yes, this does come at the risk of losing any type of connection with somebody uh, that you may want to have a connection with. And this is why I think it's important to become accepting that certain people will never show up as the person you want them to be. And if you're okay with that, or at least if you can become okay with that, then you can show up as I've spoken about today. I hope this helps. Good luck with this. Stay strong. I wish you much strength and healing through what you're going through. I'm so sorry that you did have that happen in your past. But here you are right now working your way through it, healing your way through it, and you will do great. You will feel so much better. Keep going. Thanks for joining me today. We'll be right back with my thank yous and my goodbyes right after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash brain and get 10% off your first month. If you're dealing with anything that you just need to talk to somebody about great options for therapy at a great price, betterhelp.com forward slash brain. And I want to thank the financial backers of this episode. Uh, Wanda, Emily, anne Marie, Victoria, Tracy, Janet, Christy, and Kayla. They are the patrons of the week. I read different names every week and I am so honored and grateful that you support the show They found value in the show and they decided to give back. And You can do the same thing if you want. Totally optional. You can go to moretob.com where you can become a a monthly patron or just give a one-time donation. Totally up to you. moretob.com Thank you, patrons. I appreciate all of you. And for a show on how to deal with difficult relationships, what do you know? I have a show on that too called loveandabuse.com. I talked about it at the beginning and... It was very fitting for today's episode because some relationships, yes, they are difficult. And if you find that you're the difficult person, like that person who wrote, uh, her dad is listening right now and says, you know, I am kind of an emotionally abusive person. I'd like to change that about myself. I have a program for that. <laughs> I hope that happens. I don't know if it will in that person's case. But my program's called Healed Being and it has been very successful for a lot of people. Head over to healedbeing.com if you want to look into that. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And for my final words, you know, I talked about parents and grandparents in this episode, and I think it's important to remember that there's a point where you, how can I say this, grow up. There's a point where you grow up. There's a point where I grew up. There's a point where we get to a, a time in our life where the parent that raised us now becomes either a continuing parent that cares and loves and supports us, and um, then there are those parents that they think that they still need to raise us. They think that their job isn't done. And sometimes we got to remind them that their job is done sometimes we get to say mom dad whoever it is in your life uh, your job is done you don't have to raise me anymore I'm here and if they say but you're making all these mistakes or I'm trying to protect you from all these mistakes that you're going to make then you can say you don't need to do that you don't need to do that I'm okay you know what I'm gonna make mistakes I'm gonna fail miserably it may hurt you to see this happen I might even call you up crying. You're going to see me fail. You're going to see me fall in love and get crushed. You're going to see me, hopefully not, but you're going to see all these things that are going to happen to me and you're going to want to do something about it and I need you to stand back and watch me recover because if you believe you raised me right, then you know I'm going to recover. I don't know can you put that on your parents <laughs> if they believed they raised you right then they should be able to stand back watch you fall and watch you recover if they believe they didn't raise you right maybe they'll step in and oh, I gotta help I gotta help I gotta help doesn't mean you can't ask for help if they're open to it but I do believe there's a point that you have to tell your parents I mean not everyone, I didn't have to do this, but there are people out there whose parents still act like you're seven, <laughs> or, or 10, or whatever, or 12. There are parents out there that still think that they are going to be helpful to you, but the thing is, when you reach that age where you move out of the nest, you have created a new network of relationships and events, and um, places you live, and things you think about, and interests, and curiosities. You've created an entire tree with branches that spread off in every single direction because you're becoming, or have become, an adult. And this new tree has all these branches, and all these branches make up everything that you are and more. And you are more than all these branches, too. You're not just this little seedling. You're not this little tiny seed that needs watering and um, daily care and then the sun for it to sprout from the soil and start growing leaves. You're not that person anymore. You're not that child. You've grown. And sometimes parents need to be reminded of that. I'm no longer that child. You don't have to be mean or aggressive about it. You could just say, no, it's okay. I I got this. And if they try to intrude or try to interfere in some way, you can say, don't worry about it. I got this. I like the stoic response with uh, emotional people when they become, or I should say, overly dramatic people. I like that stoic response. It's, no, I got this. It's a very strong leadership quality and Parents, some parents think that they need to be your leader and when you show up and say I got this I'm cool you don't have to do that anymore thank you for your support I love you and now I'm doing this on my own what if you fail then I fail no big deal I'll fall and I'll get back up because you taught me resilience mom and dad you taught me how to stand up for myself you taught me all this stuff Some of it may not be true. (laughs) But you might want to make them feel good. Look, you raised me right, right? Unless you're telling me you raised me wrong. I could be. (laughs) They could say, well, I could have done a much better job. You're right. Okay, if that's what they say, that's a vulnerable thing to say. That's a very vulnerable place for them to go. And that can be a conversation. Look, no matter what you did, I feel really good about myself now, so... You must have done something right. So I feel pretty good about how you raised me. So I want you to feel good too. Again, I'm exhibiting that leadership stance. I'm taking lead in my own life. And I'm also leading my parent or whoever my caretaker was in a direction that makes them feel good that I've got this. Not that you have to do this. You don't have to do this. This is just an idea, just a thought. But some parents need it. That's why I'm offering that as an option. So maybe yours does. Maybe yours doesn't. My mom doesn't. She looks up to me. She calls me for advice. (laughs) Not all the time. Actually, very rarely does she call me for advice, except with computers. (laughs) When it comes to computers, uh, she'll definitely call me. And every now and then, she'll call and talk gossip, which I think is fun. (laughs) Okay. I think it's time to end the show in a good, positive way. I want you to keep an open mind. This helps you step into your power so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure and above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you. You are amazing.